We're live. All right. Look wow. at this. Hey, we're excited to be with you. I want to introduce you to your moderator this afternoon. Mm. It is afternoon now. So, uh, Eric Maitland. Good Woo. to be with you all. I love being on Facebook Live. Just Facebook living the dream, you know? <laughs> you got no applause, but... No, I know. I'm uh, just sharing this to my page real quick, so... I'm well, explain to us what we're going to be doing today. Well, there's so much that you're trying to cover in the last week of the Revelation series, so I'm pretty sure you're trying to cram the rest of what you would have preached on. Yes. Like today, exactly so we don't it. have to listen to two hours End of you time. preaching. I've got yeah. so much content today, Eric. I'm yeah. so excited. I'm excited. That I invited you to come I, along I watched Left Behind last night just to get ready for this, you know, Nick Cage. <laughs> and then I watched the Kurt Cameron one. The, the, oh, the Are Nick they one of the first? same? They might be yeah. one of the same. But. Okay, well, uh, I, I've got a lot of content to get into, man. And okay. I want to talk about the signs of the end times. If so, you are commenting, folks, I will be uh, the one checking those out. So Moderating, and we're going to get mm-hmm. questions coming in here Let's and all of that. So, uh, you want me to dive in? Let's dive in. We only got an hour here. <laughs> All right. So, thanks to everybody who's joined us at your lunch break. Uh, Eric, like you, may be asking some questions along the way, too. But I want to talk about the signs of the end times, Eric, that, okay. uh, frankly, we didn't have time to get into. And I want to clarify, we're talking signs, not dates. No one knows the day or the hour except for, Jesus, or except for the Father. Jesus doesn't even know. Scripture tells us. So, uh, we don't know, and the, the guy on the radio doesn't know either. But I want to, there are so many examples throughout the Old and New Testament. And so today is, it's going to be beyond just Revelation. But there, uh, and thank you for saying Revelation earlier, not Revelations. And there are so many signs of the end times in Scripture that uh, I'd like to talk about. And a, a lot of them that we don't have time to get into the details is uh, the prophecies about Israel. Okay. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff with, uh, and, and I'm going to give you a just very quick background on Eric, because I know you're enthralled I am. with this kind of information. I am, yep. First of all, the, uh, a sign of the end time when it comes to Israel, and by the way, your questions are completely welcome at any moment in time. This is live. We've got them coming in. We yep. don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. One, the Jews would become a great nation from which blessing would come to the whole earth. Two, they would positively affect all nations. Three, they would be uprooted from their homeland and sc- scattered worldwide. Four, they would be persecuted. Look at this. We even got I notes I say, here. you've got the notes at the bottom. This is fancy, Josh. Uh, four, they would be persecuted. And okay. obviously, we know uh, that that has occurred. Five, the Jews would be preserved as a people and not lose their identity. And then six, uh, they would eventually return to their homeland from all nations. Yeah. And so you can find throughout Scripture all of these prophetic things that got fulfilled in the people of Israel. And in particular, I, you know, I want to read Ezekiel chapter 37. Okay. Uh, in, in verses uh, 1 through 3, this is a, a couple of different passages here in Ezekiel, beginning in verse 1 through 3. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out of the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Ezekiel's dry bones, right? He led me back and forth among them and saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can those bones live? I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you all alone know. And if you skip down to verse 12, then of Ezekiel 37, verse 12, it says, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, okay. which we know in 1948 uh, occurred. It came back to the land of Israel, but also, uh, you know, it, it's a prophetic uh, 
talking about in the future of rising up from our graves. And then verse 21, I will take the Israelites out of the nations. The second half of verse 21, I will take the Israelites out of the nations when, where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them back into their own land. Love it. Yep. So there's a whole bunch of signs of the uh, end times that we're getting closer to the return of Jesus. I thought you just said you're not going to spend much time on Israel. Was that it? That's all we're going to... That, that's pretty much okay. it. There's another whole section that okay. I, I'll just briefly mention. Okay. Just for, you, just for just your for sake. Thank you. Uh, but that the, the people of Israel itself and everything that has happened is actually biblically, prophetically told about as a sign of we're getting closer to the return of Christ. And if you've missed the Revelation series, we essentially have talked about that one day Jesus is going to return, set the world right. We're going to spend eternity with him in the new heaven and new earth. The timeline leading up to it of a tribulation and you know, the rapture and the thousand-year reign of Christ if you're a premillennialist or if you're an amillennialist, Jesus just returns. Wow. Are we going to break any of that down on this that, one or not? No, no, okay. no, because right. we've done that through this teaching series, and you're going to have so to go study some of that on your own. Today, we want to address signs of the end times and any additional questions you guys have about that. So I'm checking here. Hey, everybody joining us on here. And uh, you may have questions specifically about signs that in our culture today that I'd love to address as well. Any questions so far, Eric? Because I'm going to move fast. I, I, yeah, I, I just want to... points of points today. I was going to say, this is a lot. This will be drinking out fire hose. want to just welcome you. If you're joining us just now, we are going through a lot of the book of Revelation here, getting in the nitty gritty. We're welcoming your questions. We're going to be here for the next hour. And Josh is about to take us through the whole nitty gritty. So and you busted out your jean jacket for today. I did, so you know, I did, you know. This is a denim, special denim, denim. Yeah. That doesn't happen every day. It uh, happens every other day. Uh, so, you know, the signs of Israel is a, signs of, is a sign of the return of Christ. And then number seven, that they would see their land and become uh, prosperous. And there's a lot of verses that I don't even have time to get into uh, that refer to that. And... Uh, I'm going to stop all the Israel signs of the end times, but okay. there's so many verses and I can share that with you. Just some of the verses that talk about they would see their land again and become prosperous. Joel 2.23, Isaiah 27.6. Uh, there's four or five different places in Isaiah that refers to that. And then the big one that I will read, Matthew chapter 24, uh, verses 32 to 35. It says, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender... Uh, verse 32 of Matthew chapter 24, verse 32, Matthew chapter 24. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So in the time of Jesus, many of the people thought that Jesus was going to return during their lifetime that that was what he was referring to. And what he's saying is that this age, this season of the church, that there are going to be birth pangs of the signs leading to the return of Christ, and that uh, these things, uh, until the last person receives Christ, he's, he's not going to come back, uh, but that these things are getting nearer now than they have ever been. And one of those signs is the people of Israel themselves. Yeah. I know you're excited. So I am. Actually, am. I love Revelation. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of people out there have a lot of questions about this stuff, but 
I mean, so you're, you're saying that when Jesus said that, he's referring to this church age. He's not referring to that generation of people. Yeah, I'm not a dispensationalist, meaning believing in these different church ages of Revelation 2 and 3, but I do believe that in that passage he's talking about that eventually when he returns, uh, that, that these signs are going to be leading up to that return, but it wasn't yep. going to happen in that moment. He's talking about that we're in this last era, and that is the era of the, the church. Um, so, so what are some of those signs? Let's get to the fun stuff. Huh? This is like watching the movie Twister now. <laughs> or no, Day After Tomorrow. That's probably one of my favorite. Day After Tomorrow, what's that? Isn't that like one of those end of the... Yeah, is that the one with all the snow and stuff? Everything. Like, everything? It's like the end times. Everything Twister, happened. I know. That's super old reference. Yeah. but Twister's so good. Maybe it has nothing Dodge to do Ram, but. with the end times. But I'm glad you uh, mentioned natural, natural disasters. disasters. Because earthquakes and sickness, believe it or not, uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 11, there will be great earthquakes famine, and pestilences in various places okay. uh, when we get to the end of all things. And so there, that, uh, that is an additional sign that we're getting closer to the, the end times. And sure. do you feel like we are seeing that today? Uh, I, I mean, this is all subjective, right? I say this is uh, yeah, Josh. So I, the point of this is not to scare people in to like freak out every time there's, uh, you know, you, you see radar for a storm coming. That, that what, what this is really about is that we're closer now than we have ever been. And yes, I do think that you're seeing an increase issues on planet Earth in general. And that is a sign of earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places. You've um, got a side camera going on, Josh. Yeah, this is wow. pretty nice. This we're getting fancy. a nice close-up there. Uh, one more sign, Eric. Okay. Uh, is increase in travel and knowledge. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 in the Old Testament. You are so excited about this, aren't you? I am. Because you're hoping time travel is a part of that travel. <sighs> That's like your favorite thing in the world. Yeah, no, so a little known, <laughs> uh, you know, a hidden fact about me, like I love to watch time travel movies. I, it, I literally get on what, some of the- What's the top three? You got three, you can pick, and it can't be all the Back to the Futures. That has to be one option. Yeah, yeah, that's tough Make then. those one. Well, I'm going to give you a weird one, a weird one, because it's not my favorite, like, time travel, I'm thinking time travel movie, but, but obviously Avengers Endgame was, okay. uh, I thought, really, really cool. Um, you know, I, get, I got some weird ones, Eric. Uh, there's this one that's an indie film about these guys that make a time machine in their garage, it's about and I'm trying weird. to remember the name of it right now. Uh, if somebody knows it, let me know. But it's it's powerful. It's really powerful. It's not Bill and Ted? No. Nope. Okay. Oh, I love, okay, Bill and Ted probably on the list. Time <laughs> Trap is kind of a strange one. They make you think it's about time travel, but it's actually the fountain of youth, and oh. it's a whole other story. Wow. But, but that's not why, Eric. Time increase. travel is not why, but the increase in travel and knowledge, okay. Daniel 12, uh, 4, many will go here and there to increase in knowledge, uh, which obviously today you can see the increase in travel mm -hmm. and knowledge uh, like crazy. That like we're, again, nearer, biblically speaking, nearer now to the, the return of Christ than uh, ever before. Hey, everybody joining us. I see uh, Joyce oh, yeah, and sorry. Rebecca. And I'm jumping on here. Share this. Share this service right now. Wow, there's a lot more people than we thought would be on here. So share well, this. This is about to get deep, so get your floaties on. And get I, down the you know, Eric did bring some entertainment later. When you get thoroughly bored with oh, this yeah. content, when, when Eric is ready to entertain you. Pick me up. So, yep. Uh, any questions about that so far? I'm, I'm looking for questions here, and I know Abby did ask one early on. I didn't know if you want to address that just yet or not. Sure. Um, oh, and Laura had one as well. Is this where we question that you have risen and we have not? 
Yeah, I don't know if that was sarcastic or if that oh, was okay. real, but Laura, uh, I'll, I hope it's real. Uh, yeah. We love both kinds of questions. Yep. But uh, it, no, you know, the only people that uh, rise again, biblically speaking, if, if you're trying to follow what the Bible teaches Christianity is, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, yeah. 6. So the only way to the Father is, is through uh, Christ. And so only those, uh, not church attenders, uh, not good, well-behaved people, only those people who have truly surrendered their life to Christ, received his gift of salvation, the gospel. And somebody else asked in an email this week, you know, uh, how long when we receive the gospel does it last? And what, you know, by praying and receiving Christ, that is, that's what brings salvation. When you have true repentance and you surrender over to him, and you can do that right now. I mean, at any moment. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you do good works. It's not that you go on sinning. Uh, Paul says multiple times in the New Testament, do not continue in your sinful ways. By no means go on sinning in the flesh. Instead, now because you know God, he, in his overflow in your life, you're going to do good works because you just want to honor him. You're so thankful for what he's done for you. And so those good works will come naturally when you truly have surrendered your life to Jesus. Oh, but not, Abby's not to... question... And not to not to stray too far, but we do have a few other great time travel movies thrown out there. Somewhere in Time oh. with Christopher Reeves. Yeah, yeah, that's old. You know, I tried to get Lisa, my wife, to watch that. It's you go back and watch that. That's really old school, four by three, and it it wasn't easy. And then it you've got easy. the Time Traveler's Wife. Thank yeah. You, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a romantic version, <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, that's good. I want to know if anybody has a time travel movie I have not seen. Mark I, Johnson, this talk is sponsored by Starbucks. Sorry yeah. about that. We needed. <laughs> Need a I little, noticed that too. Need a little liquid focus there Eric for this brought one. brought that for us. Yep. Uh, uh, but to Abby's question, I love that I brought the ADD person to keep <laughs> us on task. Keep us on task, yeah. If someone dies and has not embraced Jesus as their Savior, do they get another chance at the end times? Oh, so I, I briefly addressed this this last Sunday. Uh, theologically speaking, I'm going to get deep theologically scholarly, and then I'm going to get practical as a local okay. church pastor. And uh, deep theologically, there are three positions on this. One is the exclusive position, which uh, the majority of churches are in the exclusive or inclusive position. Exclusive is you only get in if you have professed Christ before, the, before you have died. The inclusive position leaves room for those who have, you only get in if you uh, profess Christ before you die, or you didn't hear the gospel this side of, of heaven, and so you get a chance to, to respond to the gospel upon death. And then the final one is the universal position that everyone, because of the work of Christ, is saved regardless of whether or not they repent. And I, I can't find that anywhere in Scripture. I think that is a terrible position, and you will not find uh, many Christians that have ever, ever historically held that position, Al although you will find some uh, versions of that. But so those first two, the exclusive or inclusive, is where you will find most churches residing. And the truth is we don't know 100%. It's only through Christ. But I, I, I like to leave room that, uh, those who don't hear the gospel um, will, get, will get a chance or that God already knows what, how they would respond. But I will yeah. say this, Eric, that's why we should have such a heart to go and tell people about the good news of Jesus because, you know, in the end, we're not, we, we don't know for sure 100%. So. Yeah, no, that's good, man. That's, that's a good okay. response. And then you said on a practical level, yeah. Oh, that, that was on the practical that was level. Practical. That was, okay. I that's threw just, it all together. There you go. That's, that's as practical as we're going to get on that one. Thank you. But it is. It's a big one. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people, when they think about Revelation, it's like, oh, here we go. We're just going to try to 
you know, as uh, Davey said the other day, you know, scared the hell out of people so that they want to become a Christian. And I don't think that's the intent at all. I actually, when I read the book of Revelation, I realize these are God's people that were suffering at the time. This was good news to them. Right. Like, yeah. hundred percent. Like God is coming back. And I think those who are believers like this, this should be a good news book. And it's for a lot of us, I think it's a doom and gloom. Like, oh man, here comes the end times. Everything's going to blow up and be awful. And no, this is like, um, finally, no more yeah. pain and suffering. I've waited to the last person yeah, profess it, faith. It shows and, and God's now. patience with humanity, yeah. and yeah, so I think that's huge in the the posturing of this. I'm seeing some more uh, Doctor Who, very familiar with the Jenny. I'm trying to remember whether Ooh. I've seen the show or the movie, uh, but that's old school right there. I know Project Adam. Yeah, I've seen never, it. If it comes out one. right away, I see it right away. Safety not guaranteed. Pretty sure I've seen this, but I don't remember which one that is. We may need to Google. Somebody needs to Google that. It's worth a Google. Is there staff in this building that could Google that and bring it in here? We really need that's that. That's an question. important fact. Uh, I got more, Eric. Let's yeah, get back. Yeah, let's keep going. Uh, another sign of the end time, in addition to earthquakes and sickness and increase in travel and knowledge, is the moral breakdown. That doesn't happen today at all. No. We're a very moral. No. Uh, you know, Clearly on the upswing place. on that one. Uh, Colossians 3, 5 to 6 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Colossians 3, 5 and 6 and then the, the verse six, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Because of the lack of morality, it says. And remember, at the end times, God in his compassion is the one that ends it all. It's his wrath that destroys the, and makes a new heaven and a new earth. And, and you know, it gives people that want to separate it from him, they yeah. get to be separated for all eternity in the second death. But those who have given their life to Christ and repented of their sin get to go to heaven, right? But, but the moral breakdown is what you can see as a sign leading up to all of that that will bring on God's, God's wrath. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 7 says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last day. Uh, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ooh. I need a pen. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. Can I highlight that somewhere? Yeah. Uh, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, uh, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, having nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into their homes and gain uh, control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins or swayed by all kinds of evil desires. People that in that culture would prey on widows. Yeah. Um, and finally, verse seven, always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. So we get this, uh, you know, example throughout scripture in the uh, New Testament that we just read of the breakdown of the moral compass of humanity. Not that we ever had a super high moral compass, yeah. but that it gets much worse. In fact, Revelation 9, uh, which is what this series in our church has been about that we just wrapped up on Sunday, verse 20 says, the rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. So the tribulation and all of that is happening. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that they cannot see or hear or walk, nor do they repent of their, their murders, their magic arts, their sexual morality, or their thefts. So let me ask you a question. You know, especially the Timothy part. Uh, I, I want to know, like, is, is Paul writing about humanity or is Paul writing about the degradation of God's people even? Like, you're going to see even in the church— 
this is what it's going to look like. Well, at that point, the Revelation passage during the tribulation, most likely it's talking about those who are rejecting God yeah. in that passage. But that humanity has gotten this bad. Mm-hmm. I picture... While we're on the issue of time travel, Eric, <laughs> it's you. like in uh, Any Back to the gets. Future, mm-hmm. Back to the Future 2. Okay. When Biff goes back in time. Yeah. And then, you know, Marty McFly then goes back to 1985 and yeah. everything's like gone crazy, right? And everything's bad and everybody's hurting each other and they yeah. got chains, they got stuff on their windows, bars yeah. on their windows and Do all that. Do we have a clip of this we can roll or? <laughs> but that's kind of like at the, as we get closer to the return of Christ, yeah. there's going to be a more of a moral breakdown in our culture and yeah. society. And I, and I do definitely believe that you can see that increasing even in, in our lifetime. Now, it yeah. doesn't mean that we can't, and we're going to talk later about world evangelism, but uh, we are seeing these signs in our culture. But wasn't, you know, Paul and, and John who wrote Revelation seeing this already all around them? The Roman Sin culture, has been Greek around culture. since, yeah. you know, Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. Like, the, yes, absolutely. Moral breakdown. Um, but what Revelation is talking about, what Colossians 3 is talking about, uh, what Second Timothy three is talking about that you do see uh, that moral breakdown all, does not get better it, in the end times. If anything, it gets worse. Yeah, that's big. You're blown away. Uh, yeah. You yeah, don't like you that? Know. You don't like that? Yeah, I feel like you no, don't no, like I, that answer. I'm no, I'm, I'm happy. Don't be answer. real, Eric. We're live. I I think that uh, for me, somebody who, especially earlier in my faith, uh, before I really knew much about. God's love, like I looked at the, and I wouldn't say early in my faith when I just was hearing about this stuff before I was even a believer, probably all I heard was just all the bad stuff. Don't be a bad person. Watch out. Don't be a bad person. When I, when I look at this stuff, like th- there is nothing good about when society is at this place. Like this is the worst picture of humanity. This hurts people. This hurts people. And then people just continue that cycle of hurting each other. When I think of Jesus who embodied the, the commandments of God, you look at the Israelites when they were really living in a holy pattern with God's law. It's just good humanity. It's like not stealing someone's wife. It's like not stealing someone's money or reputation. It's just really thinking of others and being selfless. And so when I look at this, it's like, yeah, man, that's, it's just like taking all of the godliness out of the world. It's not a good place to be. And it's weird how people are still like, well, I like doing that stuff. It's like, there's consequences that stuff that ruin families and marriages. And the older you get, the more you realize Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's not a fun place to be. And those lists of the moral breakdown that I read in those three passages, like you can definitely see that happening. And, you know, one of the, the failures I think we do, too, is we act as if every generation, uh, the generation coming up rebels and it's just normal. And uh, I had a professor in a seminary that worked with students around the globe, uh, Chap Clark. And Chap wrote a book called Hurt. And it was studying this generation, and there's this quote that often went around, I believe it was by Aristotle, that essentially said that every generation kind of rebels and has this bad moral compass uh, in their youth. And, excuse me, he makes the point that, first of all, Aristotle never actually said that. It's a quote that started a couple hundred years ago, and people just kept using it and attributing it to him, and he didn't actually say that. And secondly, it's not true, and he walks through that book, uh, Hurt, about how this generation of youth, the stuff they're facing when it comes to the moral breakdown within our culture is far worse than any previous generation. And that book was written 10 or 15 years ago. Wow. Um, And what's that book called? I'll put it in the chat. Hurt. Hurt by Chap Clark. It's not a book about end times revelation, but it it talks to this issue of the moral breakdown, particularly in the younger generation. Hurt by Chad? Chap. Chap Clark. C-H-A-P. Why would you think Chad? 
do, do my piece sound Chad. like these, Eric? Chad's one of my favorite names. Oh. Favorite country. Uh, I'm seeing Mark Johnson's got a question there. Yep. The Adam Project, yes. Yes, seen it. Uh, I still, no, I'm very disappointed in our staff right now. Yeah, how's that? No one has brought out the safety not guaranteed. Why do we not have Google in this building? Is there no? I know some of you are online here. I have never seen it. Uh, you haven't? No. Oh, I've seen Twelve Monkeys. That's a good time travel movie. Yeah, maybe not weird. The, the greatest Christian movie. It's Eric. not exactly a um, yeah Hallmark. <laughs> sorry, but uh, so final one I've got for this, and then we're hitting the halfway point here. Oh, really? Another sign oh. of the end time. Moral breakdowns and then skepticism. Okay. Skepticism, that you see an increase in skepticism. And again, you, the Bible uses the analogy of birth pains. Like mm -hmm. when you go into labor, it's not like, you know, obviously we all wish it would just happen. But no, you, you go through these pains leading up to the moment of birth. And it uses that as an analogy to talk about the, the birth of the new heaven and the new earth. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, I'm going to read a lengthy passage here. Let's do it. We've got it at the bottom so, of the screen. You can follow uh, along. I hope you're focused. Uh, I'm ready. Verse 1 of chapter 3. Dear friends. This is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past of the, by the Holy Prophets, by the command given by our Lord and Savior through the apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Will sco come. Scoffers going to scoff, Eric. <laughs> That's just what is going to happen. Scoffing uh -huh. and following their own evil desires. Yeah. No judgment if that's you, but... You know, if you're here and you're, you're scoffing and you're kind of sarcastic, like literally the Peter wrote 2,000 years ago that that was going to occur as we get close to the return of Christ. Scoffing and following their own evil desires, they will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning mm. of creation. You heard this today? Where, why is it Christ's return? We've been waiting 2,000 yeah. years. You, you know, literally 2,000 years ago, Peter said that that would happen. Uh, verse 5, but they deliberately forgot that long ago by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was delusion destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men or people. Uh, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He's waiting as it. long as he can it, until Eric is in that frat house at IU <laughs> and he's going to yeah. repent of his sin and come to Christ yeah. and then work on becoming a better human being. Uh, work in progress. Verse nine. Uh, <laughs> no response. The Lord I is not slow. I my comment. Keeping his promises, some understand slowness, uh, but he wants everyone to repent. Verse 10, but the, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear. Now, this is talking about the return of Christ. Yep. It's going to come in an instant. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Wow. Talk about the new heaven That's and a new lot. earth and one of the signs, increased scoffing and skepticism mm -hmm. as we get closer to the return of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay to have questions. Yep. Nothing wrong with having doubts that you can be honest about. 
And that's why we're doing stuff like this. So you can ask questions. And I'm, I'm going to throw my own out there right now. I mean, um, it's something you and I have talked about a, a lot recently, which is um, as we have seen some of the abuses of mega churches and, and massive Christian leaders that are failing morally. We just had Hillsong, you know, is on 60 seconds, you know, and we're just seeing abuses from Christian leaders. It's not that hard to say, well, well, how am I a scoffer? Like, look at what the church is doing. But I, I feel like when you really uh, look at the difference between who Jesus was, Jesus' teachings, what, what the people in your life who really reflect him the most, I mean, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, this this whole degenerate, uh, what do we call it? No, the, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, the yeah, deconstructing is, process. This you know, is talking about yeah. scoffing and skepticism mm-hmm. over the truth of the gospel, of yeah. the good news of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, repentance of sin, eternal salvation. Yep. This is not critiquing sin and brokenness in any local church. That's good, man. Um, yeah. Or frankly, I think sometimes we credit the brokenness of the local church and, and act as, as if it's always a system. In some cases it is, mm-hmm. but in other cases it is also, you just have like sinful humans yeah. who make really bad choices and hurt people. Um, and so, you know, that's, and then you have that we're all broken to a certain extent and you're not going to find any church. Uh, you know, I always tell people this since we started, you're never going to find any church that doesn't have sin or brokenness so be, committing to be a part of the body of Christ means committing to giving grace to one another and working through our issues together That's with uh, grace and truth, as Jesus tells us to. Yeah. Okay, Eric, uh, I know you're excited. We okay. have many time travel things to discuss, but we are at the halfway point. <laughs> okay. Right. Of, as far as the content. And I did fantastic. Well, I'm, I don't know if I did fantastic, you, but I did fantastic on time. You actually went through it way faster than I thought you would. 27 minutes for proud. the first half, and we're shooting for an hour super total. Proud. So yep. we do have uh, just a short moment here, maybe okay. two minutes. Okay. Uh, Eric, you're gonna prov- can you provide some live entertainment for us? Like, do you, can you say? Like, are we going to try to just, like, lift the moment here? Because that was pretty heavy the last, you know, 27 yeah, so can you like sing, tell us a joke or something? Because I, I got to get yeah. to my second half. Yeah, of why don't you get your notes get ready, ready and I'll see what I can do. Give me just a second. Um, let's see. Are you serious? What are you doing? I got to put my coat back on. <laughs> all right. All right. So you going to sing am, or what? No, I'm not going to sing, Josh. I, oh. I own this thing called a pocket sax for times such as this. <laughs> why did you just pick it up? And put it in your pocket just to get it. So I can take it out of my pocket and prove that it's a true pocket uh, sax. But I don't know many songs. I haven't had it long. I've never played a, a sax. And now one. we get to listen to you drink sugar-free Sunkiss. Oh, this, this online teaching is brought to you by Sunkiss Orange Zero. Mm. I've never seen a human being this drink that. It looks like that a race car. Life. We have Starbucks, Sunkiss, the, the Mac. The, yes, mean, that has right. absolutely no naturally Folks, this, occurring uh, thing in it. This could get real bad, and this has nothing to do with Revelation. Or does it? Could but be a it could. I'll, I'll play. I'll play "Amazing Grace." That's a Christian song. <laughs> you feel that jazz? You feel that? Um, I'm feeling something. This is the most people have ever played. This. Than I I'm not it was done. Going to be. I'm only halfway there. <laughs> so well man that's pretty good that's <laughs> that pretty was pretty good. give it up right. come on clap in the back somebody anybody and eric nobody. needs some appreciation nobody. there and see and then it just goes right back in the pocket so 
you know, it's that beautiful. way. If you're in an elevator and the, like the, the radio is broken, and you need to play some Kenny G for the elevator. <laughs> you want to know the truth? Eric actually carries that with him most places and will just break it out <laughs> randomly and start playing it. You got to be ready at all times. My favorite was you told me you were at a traffic light uh-huh. and you were stopped and That's parked. That's why I practice. And somebody looked over at you from the car next to you. It was embarrassing. <laughs> Jillian doesn't let me play at home if you can. That doesn't sound safe either. (laughs) No, it's when the car stopped, you know, and it's a good time to practice your scales, you know. But, uh, so, uh, some, uh, I think that was a nice segue for the second half. Terrible segue, but we're going to go with it. Uh, I, I, uh, I do enjoy it. And every time I've heard you play it, you only know one song. (laughs) It's the same song. The Amazing Grace every time. Yep. Yeah. Lisa Lisa said, let me guess Amazing Grace. I mean, uh, do, do I have a chance to, like, prove that I know another song? No. Okay, no, we'll do that we've later. we've already wasted people's yeah. valuable time on their That's lunch hour, and I, we have Jesus things to discuss. There's a Whitney Houston song I've been really working on. It's maybe great. if we have time later. Maybe yeah. that will entice them to stick around, <laughs> or it might drive them away. I'm and not maybe sure. they're going to start praying that Jesus comes back before that happens again. <laughs> uh, so, we've got Israel and the many signs of the end times, and I only scratched the surface with that one, Eric. Yeah. So many things within the people of Israel themselves. Uh, the earthquakes and sickness, the increase of travel and knowledge, the moral breakdown, and the skepticism. And the next one, and those that are following along, you got to kind of skip down to this one. Yeah, yeah. It is apostasy. Okay. What does that word mean? It's, um, it's kind of like Abercrombie, but it's spelled differently. It, yeah. uh, oh, that's Aeropostle. How did you know that? The Aeropostle. I was thinking of different. No. That was a really old, bad that's a, that's joke. That's an old brand wow. right there, bro. no one got that. Literally no human <laughs> I think understood that joke. it took you like joke. a few seconds to get it. I mean, that's pretty so clever. The, uh, but, but the apostasy means that we reject God and turn from his ways. Yeah. And uh, it, Jude chapter 1, verses 3 to 4 says this. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints, God's people. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who changed the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our sovereign uh, and Lord. And so what it's talking about is somebody that, you know, professes their faith, but they actually reject God with their lifestyle. Yeah. Kind of take a moral breakdown to a new level. And in particular, in that culture, what they were having occur was someone would say, oh, I'll give my life to Jesus. And then they would go out and like do horrible things and hurt people and, you know, sleep around and do all kinds of stuff. And then they would say, oh, I'm such a great Christian because God has had to forgive me more. So I have more of God's grace in my life. Yeah. And Paul addresses this multiple times by no means go on sinning in the flesh. And so this passage is talking about that, that same thing. Another example is uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 to 3. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, talking about his return, Mm -hmm. and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs." So as we get closer to the time of Christ, there will be greater rebellion, apostasy, yeah. rejection of the things of God in not just, you can't think just American culture, yeah. in the world, yeah. globally, uh, that you will see that. And uh, Are you going to use this quote here? Yeah. You wanna, Eric, uh, no, I'm glad I want, you mentioned that. Why don't you read the quote no, by Robert I, Thomas? I don't, 
I don't like mispronouncing. You can do it. Thanks. I think I grabbed my in charger you. real quick too. My Mac's about to die. BRB. Oh my goodness. It's been over 10 years of me uh, dealing with this. Uh, I love Eric and his ADD brain. A little side note, uh, we have this joke in our staff culture here. That li I think this joke's been going on for eight or nine years, that whenever Eric is late, and, some, and he's, not, he's gotten better, he's gotten better. Way better. I was like Way half better. an hour early for this. Yes, because I told you to be here an hour before you were and supposed to be. I was 10 minutes late for that. <laughs> and... You know, we call it Maitland Standard Time, but uh, it, it was, uh, you know, developing that culture. I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, the joke is when Eric, Eric lives over in the Geist area and that whenever he's late, it's because there was bad traffic in Geist because there used to be construction over there like nine years ago and he still uses that excuse to this day. Oh, uh, anybody that lives over by like 79, it's bad. Eric Maitland. Yep. Hey, we're back. We're back. So uh, I'm going to read the quote then by Robert L. Thomas, apost. Because uh, I, I, I want to hear you say that word. Apostasia. Oh, really? Is that like the adjective version of this? Uh, the noun no, that's version. A noun. That's a noun. Okay. Points to a deliberate abandonment of a former professed position. Yep. So, so why don't you say that? Yes. Yeah. So that you in, in have IV claimed portion. faith in Christ, but then you have rejected him and gone yeah. to wild, wicked ways. Yep. And, and, and you can actually see this today a lot. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm not... Look, I'm not trying to label people or say that, you know, oh, Hollywood, they're bad people or, or this political group is bad people or whatever. I, I'm trying to say that you see an increase in our culture of people, even in the last decade, who had claimed faith, right? The rise of the nuns, culturally yeah. speaking, in the United States, who have claimed faith, who now have rejected God and, and turned to their own selfish desires, um, and, and frankly, it's sometimes it's because of that increased skepticism that they didn't go and get their questions answered. Yeah. And they see the moral breakdown in the fabric of our culture, and, and they lose hope that, that God is real, that Jesus is going to return, and everything that we've addressed, we're seeing happening. Yeah. But, I mean, don't you think that, that the culture we're in today, I mean, look at how different it is even than 30 or 50 years ago. I mean, you, you wouldn't just make fun of God or Christianity as blatantly as we do right now. I mean, there's entire shows and Instagram feeds and everything that is literally just dedicated yeah. to showing. And I mean, like we have no fear of God. It's like, not only is he not real, I'm just going to make fun of him and everybody who thinks that he's real. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at. And I mean, if you're younger and you're like, well, that's all I've ever seen. But there was a time when we were younger where you would never make those jokes. And so culture has really shifted a lot in America. Where no, and it, that's a really great point that I hadn't even thought about, Eric. That somebody take note of that. Oh, That's, please. We that need was to profound. capture that. Finally, clip. we had some real. Remind me of that later. Uh, good truth drops here. That, uh, yes, because I, I'll tell you, I didn't mean to talk about this, but I mentioned this one Sunday, maybe a month or so ago, that uh, one of the things you're seeing happening right now is the, the, the rise of deconstructionism within American Christianity. And, and at the core of that, it, it's not a bad thing necessarily of rediscovering what is true uh, about God and orienting our lives in the church around those things. But here's the big problem. It's not a new thing. Mm -mm. But t 20 years ago, that same thing occurred, and we called it the emerging church. And what often led, not all of those people, but many of the people at that time that I was kind of connected with, turned to things other, other than the Bible for how to reconstruct their faith. And that is a super dangerous, dangerous thing that often when we're not orienting our lives around God's word of scripture, 
then we're missing stuff like this that says we're going to see an increase in moral breakdown and the right and this increased skepticism and then that's going to lead eventually to increase apostasy of people who claim faith who reject god and turn from his ways and you're seeing that all around us because we don't come back to our foundation of our, our relationship with christ rooted in his word historically uh, uh founded on the truths of the bible over the last uh 2000 years and the interpretation of those scriptures that have been uh, interpreted for 2,000 years. And when we're reinventing interpretations that don't line up with how the early church viewed these things, I mean, if you went to a history class, they would laugh you out of the class for that. But we do that to the Bible all of the time. And so, okay, getting no, off my soapbox, huge, but I'm concerned about it. Yeah. Because most of my life has been a lot of ministering to the younger generations. Uh, I, I turned, I'll be 42 this June. Old man river. Yep. And, and most of my life to this point has been ministering largely to 18 to 30 year olds. Yeah. And what I have seen is this very, very, very dangerous trend is if you claim Christ and you don't go to the God's word on a daily basis to, to form your concepts of how to live off of that, it leads to a lot of the breakdown that we're seeing in our culture and that had been told would happen 2000 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Man, it's, it's huge though. And I, I got to just like, because it's revelation and I feel like this is one of those books of all books where it's like one after another, it's like, here's what's going to be wrong. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. And I, I just want to say as somebody who is a Christian in a culture right now, that is really hitting this one on the head. If you ask me uh, more than I've ever seen in my lifetime, um, like just a clear, blatant, we have no problem making fun of God, making fun of Jesus, making fun of the church, like zero problem with it at all at the highest level. Um, I just want to say that like my faith has way less to do with trying to not do the wrong thing. And it, and it really is oh, rooted in this place of just like, I, I really, down. really love Jesus. Like I love what he did for me. I love how he met every need for me from the inside out. And I could finally see others. I never really was able to serve and love others like I have been able to with him in my life because he made me a better human because he was the, he was the picture of what humanity was supposed to look like. And this selflessness, it's like, what does it look like to just love others a little bit more than yourself and to love God mm. way more than yourself? And so like this apostasy, it isn't just like, oh, that's disappointing. We're probably getting close to revelation times. I don't read this like that. Like it breaks my heart when I see that stuff online because I really, really love this God. Like I choose him. And if you want to say I'm crazy for, for choosing him and that that's primitive or whatever, it's like, I choose this God every day. And I'm not saying I follow him perfectly, but I really, really love him. And I try to do the right thing because I love him and I love other people. And I think that's the heart of Christianity. And you got to think of John who's writing this too. It's like, this isn't just like, oh, get him, God, judge these bad people. This right. is, his heart's breaking for what humanity's becoming as he sees this stuff. You know, I don't that know. That is beautiful. I, I mean, I... Well said, I should say, because I, I think that we we are we are seeing that, and I am nervous. I know you and I both have that heart. Um, two things before we move on, because very important things, Eric. Okay. First of all, I just noticed this. I don't know if we can get a like close up from this camera. Oh, we're yeah. already there. What we got? If I do this in my chair, yeah, you look super tall. Way taller than you. Actually. So I and may. My, my butt chin has like the shadow. <laughs> That's interesting. I like this angle, Rob. I know. If I if I do this on Sundays. Dude, that might that might really help. I would for you. lord over you like the Gentiles. <laughs> Just saying. That is so. Such a uh, we may get some more questions coming in here, but the second thing is this: I looked up "Safety Not Guaranteed." Okay. And uh, I don't know if get? it's an appropriate movie or not. I don't know. I haven't seen it, uh, but I'm tr trying. I don't think I have seen it. 
Okay. And I got to confirm this tonight because if I haven't seen it, you're going to watch it tonight. And it doesn't have too many inappropriate <laughs> things. I'm, okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dive into that. Uh, so thank you to, I, I've uh, not seen it either, so. who, who said that? It took me forever since none of our staff, literally no one in the yeah. entire building over 30, yeah. uh, 41 minutes could go and find that information. I know. And unbelievable. Um, a wrinkle oh, I, in I time. That's, check out yes, Abby's I've comment. seen. I read the book in fifth grade and watched the movie. Uh, yeah, can I read Abby's comment? I thought this is a okay. great comment. Um, my friend Abby mentioned it. It has become more and more difficult to have conversations with friends and colleagues who have no belief in God and or whose beliefs do not include Jesus. I'm not judging them. Just saying it's hard to converse with them, and it feels like, um, yeah, they're aware of the highway. And I totally agree. I mean, it's just like the the way culture has shifted, it's, it's like you're a bigot for mentioning the name Jesus these days almost. You know, you're, you're that evangelical who tried to storm the White House or something, you know, when you just even say something. So, yeah, it, it's hard. It's a different day right now. So, I agree. Now, what our response to that in our context, in our culture, that's what really matters. Yeah. And how would Jesus respond with grace and truth? And I think that it doesn't mean to back down from our beliefs or to not speak the truth in love. Certainly we do that. And I think sometimes within our churches, we're actually afraid to do that sometime because we're afraid someone won't like us or be upset. Um, but if we really care about somebody, right? If somebody's gonna go jump off a cliff and you really care about them, you'd be like, don't do that, that's bad, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I would, I would say this, the way we go about doing that matters. And you know, in our culture, if you look, that's not a new thing, historically speaking, we're just seeing a, an increase of that as we get closer to the return of Christ. And so to actually compassionately speak the truth in love, to, to, to uh, befriend people and care for them and love them, regardless of whether they ever agree with us or not, you know, is the way of Christ. And that's the hard thing. That's what missionaries have done for, for thousands of years, mm -hmm. is to love people right where they are at. I, I think of uh, in the 1950s, uh, the, the, the air, the, what's the movie about the... Uh, they went down to South America. The missionaries did oh, the end of the spear, the of the spear yeah, movie and yeah. all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the nephew of one of the people who was uh, actually there and, and died actually attends Mercy Road. Oh, wow. Um, or great nephew. I'm not sure which, but, but uh, you know, that, so it's really cool to see the, the faith passed down generationally, but yeah. you know, they were killed uh, because they wanted to love people well. They were willing to give up their very lives. And I think that that's the same way in our culture to love people that way. And because they did it with the, the grace and truth of Christ, eventually after those deaths, the, the, the tribe there comes to Christ and comes to faith in Jesus. So, it's huge. Um, I mean, what an example, man. And we don't really see that a okay. lot of times on this side of our culture. Okay, Eric, we're into the, the final quarter here. Yeah? The last 15 minutes. Okay. So... Uh, we need to we need to get to it. Is what I'm saying. Oh wait, we got to get to it. Uh, so if there are any additional questions right now, I'll answer them, or or you can answer them. Yeah, sure, man. Um, but anything coming in? I'm no, looking I'm just here. Checking out the uh, Marvel movie. Comment. Reinders said, "Thank you for a great discussion today." Since you mentioned Marvel movies, I'm going to say this was a legit meeting today. Well, <laughs> yes, she works oh, for Disneyland out in California. So, yes, Tara, I'm glad that you're. Uh, you're doing that or Jeremy, whichever it is. That's awesome. Uh, this is a work meeting for all of us. <laughs> uh, so, Eric, let me get to the rest of the apostasy stuff. I didn't get to a couple of verses. So 
I know that you're going <laughs> to memorize like, all of these. Who gets excited when they hear that? Let me get to the, the rest of this apostasy I'm very stuff. excited. Part of this is if we really believe the truth of Jesus yeah. and what he's done for us, like being knowledgeable of what this yeah. looks like helps us love people well. It does. So it does. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, in the presence of God and of Christ, although I will say uh, Ryan Allwert, um, you know, from Straight No Chaser and yeah. Indie Now, great yeah. Uh, yeah. TV show, daytime show on Fox 59. He nice came up plug. to me after one of the services when I, when, as they were walking out, I said, hey, thanks for coming today. I forgot to talk about the Mark of the Beast. And then I talked about the Mark of the Beast for 60 seconds, said, have a great day. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I love how you threw in talking about the Mark of the Beast as people are walking oh, out the door just man. nonchalantly. <laughs> but in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 4, who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Yep. That's what we're called to do is in the culture that Abby described that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. We are called to live for that way. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, men and women, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say that they're, what their itching ears want to hear. And that is hard. I will tell you, it is a great temptation of any ministry worker inside and outside the church to just appease people rather than to, to address issues, to walk into the hard stuff out of love. Yeah. Verse four, they will return, uh, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, here's the yeah. thing. There, is many, there are many, many Christians and churches out there, and I'm not critiquing churches individually, but just as a whole, that, that when we know these things then about the end times, you know, we, we addressed a few weeks ago that the goal of Revelation is not for us so that we know this information so we can go build bunkers in our backyard to prepare yeah. for the return of Christ it's so that we can invite people into our lives or as a, a quote online said, to have a bigger dinner table rather than bigger bunkers. Oh, that's good, man. To invite people into our homes and tell them about Jesus. But, uh, you know, there are churches and ministries and leaders out there that then will do that with their churches, build bunkers, so to speak, that the world's going to hell in a handbasket so let's just as Christians live with our high moral compass and stick our heads in the sand until yeah. Jesus returns because wow. they're all going to hell. Yeah. And that is not how we are called to live yeah, as Christians. We're called, yeah. we're also not called to just be like everyone else, mm -hmm. which I think you see in churches, uh, even like Mercy Road, where we're reaching people who are far from God and discipling them to a passionate relationship with Jesus, our, our, our mission statement, that you will see people who do the opposite of that, that we, we are, we've given our life to Christ, but our life looks like everyone else in society. We don't look different. We, you know, get drunk the same ways. We inhale the same things. We go out and hurt people the same ways. We talk the same ways. And I'm not saying anybody's perfect. Uh, we have the same sexual sins, those sorts of things. But as a Christian, we're called to be set apart and live differently. But we're also not called to just put our head in the sand, be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. Whew. Well, yeah, and it's been less of your time trying to just not do the, the bad thing and maybe try to go out and, and engage and do the courageously good thing, that, that courageous love that you were referring to with Jim Elliott, too. I mean, that, that's, um, yes, that's the stuff Elliott, that breaks. Oh, what I say? Jim Elliott, you were right. Okay, yep. I didn't say his name earlier. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, um, that, that's a big thing, man. I, I think if we don't engage right now, how is anybody ever going to hear this from somebody they maybe know and trust and love? Because, like, I, I don't know if you all realize this, but if you've never— um, been raised in, in the church or, or been taught by anyone how to read the Bible, that thing is incredibly confusing, incredibly intimidating. If you just start reading it from the top, you're, you're going to give up pretty quick and have no idea the context of that teaching. And, 
It's something that we need help. We need, we need more Bible teachers and not, not the ones that get paid to do it. Like we all need to do our part to make the gospel clear to yeah. others um, outside of our, our spheres of influence. That's our heart this year. Our theme for uh, the Carmel Church this year is the year of the word. Yeah. Of really getting into scripture. And so all of our series uh, this year are dealing with either a book of the Bible or of specific people or characters in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so next up, Eric, I do have a revelation passage for you. Chapter mm. three, verses 15 to 18. I know your deeds that you are neither hot nor uh, cold, Sorry. cold nor hot. Yep. Talking about Laodicea, the mm-hmm. seventh church there. And I'm not a dispensationalist, which means that these seven churches are talking about seven church ages or dispensations. Dispensation just means ages or eras. Right, right. But I, I do believe that this is a, a, an increased sign of apostasy in the end times. Uh, neither hot nor uh, cold. Uh, I wish you were one or the other. Verse 16. So because you are lukewarm, and there's a whole teaching on this about the context of the Laodicea, yeah. the, the, yep. the water that was there, and I'm not going to get yep. into all of that. Yep. But neither hot nor cold, I, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich in white clothes. So uh, to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see that we're not even aware sometimes that when you get in that jaded place, sometimes you don't even see, you've become so jaded and calloused that you can't even see what you're becoming. And, and by the way, I don't think that anybody sets out and is like, okay, I grew up around Christianity, but I, I've decided over the next five years I want to get increasingly jaded towards God, towards the church, towards everything else, and wake up one day super calloused and rejecting God and, and breaking away from him. A lot of times this happens over time when we get hurt, when trauma exp- happens, when a person that we valued uh, doesn't act like Jesus, and, and it can hurt us over, over the long haul. And, um, and that's kind of what they're getting at here is that to open your eyes. Um, I do have a couple of things left, but did Someone asked a question there. Could you repeat the name? What name are they referring to? I'm not sure. I was wondering that too. Madonna, if you uh, can tell us which name it is a reference to, I will uh, be sure and address that. Uh, there is a very slight delay here. The, uh, I did, just for you, Eric, mm-hmm. I put one quote in oh, from the Left did. Behind series. Oh, that was very nice of you. By Tim LaHaye, the authors lie. of it, and that Jerry series, I read that series in college, and it actually did play a part in me really wanting to come back to my faith. I couldn't believe it. And now we kind of make light of it, but it, it's a great series. I mean, Well, theologically, reading. I don't line up with right. the positions it holds but it's and a the great way that story. it breaks down the timeline, <laughs> and, and definitely an amillennial wouldn't at all. Yeah. Uh, but I, would, I, I think it's, it, it is really interesting. It gets you thinking about... And times. Uh, well, yeah, and in fairness, I don't know if you've ever heard this quote, but don't, don't judge a, a book by its movie. So the book's a little stronger than that. <laughs> this is not a quote. No one ever That's said that. That's a quote. That. My nephew no. just used the other day. I loved it, but there you go. <laughs> they write, Christ could come today. No prophecy of the end times necessary for his coming would be unfulfilled. Of course, we cannot guarantee that Christ will come in our generation. In his mercy, he may uh, tarry one day more day, which in his economy is a thousand years. Second Peter 3, 8 that we read. Mm-hmm. But we insist that we have more reason than any generation before us to believe he will come in our generation. Wow. Yeah. And, and I share that with you not to scare you, 
But just to know that biblically speaking, all of the things that I just went over over the last 50 minutes, you can find have already or are currently occurring. And that's why I think that more than ever before, we should live with an urgency. And here's what I mean by urgency, because people then go, oh no, tribulation coming, build the bunker, get ready, vote against the bad people, right? Like that's where we go in our heads. And that is not what Revelation is about. It was about preparing these seven churches and telling them, get ready. And then preparing us today, get ready for the return of Christ. Tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Reach out to your neighbor, to your friend that is the one who has fallen away and has the horrible moral compass. You are the only Jesus that they may see. And you got to make the effort, which brings me to the final point. And then we're in the last five minutes, we're going to wrap up with questions, Eric, and maybe play some Whitney Houston. Yeah, and I I have some questions I'd love to kind of dialogue. I think it will be good. And we'll look for some of yours here in the thread too. Okay. Matthew, uh, the last sign of the end times is worldwide evangelism. There's a couple of passages on on this, but Matthew 24, verse 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Yeah. That eventually, that the whole thing about, will all nations, what if you haven't heard the gospel? Eventually, and we're getting closer every year, to the Bible being translated in every language. And some people would be like, well, if we stop that, we can prevent the end times. The goal is not to prevent the end times. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like the, the goal is to live for Christ. And we don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or like it says a day is like a thousand years. We don't know, but we know we're nearer now than we've ever been. And as we get close to the end times, the gospel of the King will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. The end will come that uh, that's the one thing that we're waiting on as far as the end times, that this will get to the whole world. And of course, with technology today, more so than ever before, everyone around the globe has the opportunity to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, that's good, man. I love it. I, it. It blows my mind to think of this seemingly small people group in a small part of the world and, and this global perspective that they have always had. That there's always been a global covenant made with Abraham and his descendants. And then, you know, wow. all of a sudden Jesus opens it up to the nations and we're all able to have this relationship with this God. And I, I just think that's fascinating. Cause I mean, we live in, you know, we're in Indianapolis, Indiana is where, well, Carmel right now is where we're streaming from. I don't know how often you think about keeping an eye on the nations. How, how is my life impacting the nations? How is that's my God impacting the nations? I mean, we do more now cause we have the internet, but think about, you know, over, 2,000 years ago, well, this wouldn't have been that long ago. I mean, it was, you know, but I'm just saying a long time ago, John is on this island and his his vision is for the nations. And I think that's incredible. Like, how could he have ever believed that would happen? He and 12 guys and maybe... That's a really great point. And you're always good at that. Eric is a natural evangelist and like (laughs) thinking about the nations, which is why your ministry is called 2-8 Ministries. Go to the nations. Um, And and I agree 100%. And I think, you know, I, I saw a comment by Abby there about not knowing in religion in the 60s that this was about a relationship with God. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might say, well, do we see the word relationship with God in Scripture? I would argue we actually see it very clearly as the most important yeah. things. And, and when Jesus is asked, what are the greatest commandments? Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and being. The Shema from the Old Testament. Every Hebrew yeah. Jewish person knew that from birth growing up. The Shema, the greatest commandment, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and being. So it's about relationship with God. 
is, is the number one command. And the second is like it, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Relationship yep. with other people, which by the way, can you really love God and not love your neighbor? Yeah. You know, you can't because if you love God, his love is going to flow That's through to you to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that, the, the, that Christianity at the heart of it is all about relationship, relationship with God and relationship with people. Yeah. And, and I would go a step further to say that um, just like it affects you who you hang out with, uh, the kind of energy they put off, the kind of perspective they have in the world. You know, you are who you roll with, we always say. But I mean, when you actually spend time in God's word, in the presence of God, the fruit that typically comes off people who do a lot of that is love. I mean, it's, it's love. It's, it's like, I mean, yeah, I know there's a lot of Christians that seem to be all judgy, but I, I wonder sometimes like how much time are they really spending with Holy Spirit? How much time are they really spending with loving believers that reflect what Christ taught? Because that if it doesn't line up, you know, you can judge a tree by its fruit. So I want to ask this, though, Josh. Like, well, you know, I could confess, man. Part of being Christian too is recognizing when you're not seeing that. Like, yeah. there have been times in my yeah, life where right. I'm like, man, I'm not loving well right now. I, I got to go back. I, I don't have a, a obedience problem. Yeah. I have an identity problem. Yeah, there you go. I, I'm not. I'm not overflowing with the Spirit of God in my life, and I need to spend more time with Him. Yeah, but yeah, you were going to go somewhere else. Well, I, I'm. I just want to throw this out. I mean, like, what do we do with all this? You know, if you're just jumping on right now, we've. Josh took us through the entire signs of the end times because we don't have time to go through all that on Sunday. Um, and so there's a lot here. You can go back and watch through it. But I, I just want to ask, like, what, what do we do with this? And, and, and likely, we're more likely to see Jesus in the next, you know, however many years yeah. be, when, we, when we die on this side of, you know, when we lose this well, life. So what do we do? What yeah, do we what do we do with it? Well, yeah. we I, own I about a thousand acres out in rural Indiana. <laughs> You want to get your RVs? It's not a commune, Eric. It's not a commune. Uh, No, we are not doing that. Uh, We uh, were sarcastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are living our lives differently because of the knowledge we have that Jesus Mm -hmm. is going to return. And if you, you may not be a natural evangelist, right? The Mm -hmm. fivefold ministry, Ephesians chapter four, lots of spiritual gifts that fulfill those five ministries. And one of those is the ministry of evangelism, which you, Eric, have God has gifted you in that way for many decades. My wife, believe it or not, she is great evangelistically. And I love to preach and present the gospel relationally. I I look at you guys and go, man, it's amazing how you do. So if you're sometimes feel inadequate to build those types of relationships and evangelize and to share Christ with people, that may be because you're not wired that way, but you should still, all of us should have a burden. Yeah, that's good. That so many people in our world need Christ. And we need the shepherds the, in Ephesians 4 that follow up and care for the soul of people as they grow in faith, as the evangelist reaches them. We need the teacher that, you know, corrects and rebukes and teaches rightly. We need the, the prophet that, that hears from the Lord a word and shares and rebukes. And, and then we, we need the apostle that's pioneering the new ministries and getting people to use their gifts together. And, and we need all of those different gifts coming together, to fulfill those five ministries, because it's only then, Ephesians 4, that we will see the full measure or the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to represent the body of Christ, we can't just be the foot or the liver. The point being then is, so we work in tandem with other people, not as isolated Christians, to spread the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, which by the way, we don't just spread only by preaching or only by sharing. That's a very shallow faith. We also meet the physical needs of the community. We talk about the twofold mission to help those in need and proclaim the coming kingdom of God that those two always go together and not separate. We're not the Peace Corps where we just do good works 
and help people in need, but don't uh, proclaim Christ to people. But we're also not the shallow, let's go proclaim Christ and my needs. And so yeah. we live on mission, that twofold mission for Christ, because we know he's going to return. And you won't be able to do those things in heaven. That's good, man. It's one of the only things you won't yep. be able to do in heaven. Yep. Uh, you could probably p- play the pocket sax in heaven. I hope so. You, maybe so not good. Eric, but you probably can play it. Uh, but uh, you, will, you won't be able to tell anybody about Jesus. They'll already know. <laughs> you, you won't be able to meet the physical yeah. needs of people because there won't be any. There won't be sickness. There won't be death. The old order of things have passed away, Revelation says. So there's going to be no more pain and suffering, no more tears. It's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes, the end of Revelation says. So it means that now is the time with this news to yeah. go out and proclaim the coming kingdom of God and to help people in need. Yeah. And I look at this, Josh, and I think one thing that, that I personally am taking away from it today is we just, we read through all of these things. We've got earthquakes and sickness. We've got increase in travel and knowledge. We've got moral breakdown, skepticism. You know, we've got um, apostasy. We've got worldwide evangelism. My, my thing is like earthquakes and sickness are already happening. Like there are ways we as the church can, instead of protecting ourselves and hoping this never happens, it's already happening all around the world. I mean, we, we didn't even get into it. the pandemic, right? Yeah. Which is where this oh becomes a hot topic the yeah. last two years. Well, that too. But I'm like, how can we as Christians step into the suffering of those who, mm. this is their reality already. They don't need to wait for revelation to happen. Like there are earthquakes and there are natural disasters happening all around us all the time. And it affects families. It devastates families. And we should probably step into that uh, increase and in, you know, travel and knowledge, moral, moral breakdown, we should, we should be willing to speak out in the midst mm. of a culture that has moral breakdown all around it. Like we don't have to wait for revelation for that to happen. It's already happening. Skepticism, we can step into that. Apostasy, we can, we can be willing to have hard conversations. So I, I like to read this book and think of like, well, I'm already seeing some of it rather than hide under a rock, like you're saying, you know, a thousand acres somewhere in Indiana and just get in a bunker. How can I start being Jesus now? and meet those needs. And I, I think that one of the boldest, easiest first steps is to find crazy people that are doing those things and Amen. just start linking arms with them and hang out with them. I love how Larry, who, you know, is a part of Rooted here. Um, and, and he goes down and serves the homeless every single Sunday. Yep. And it's at a time that I could go every single Sunday. And I'm hearing Larry talk about this last week. And I'm like, I need to hang out with Larry more. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, so. Amen, man. That's I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and part of it with the apostasies too is not just addressing apostasy of other people, but checking ourselves that spiritually we're not becoming jaded because yeah. man, over That's time, huge. if we don't address the heart of that, yep. the soul of that, it, it, it's, it could lead to that happening in our own lives. Yeah. Man, Rashad said something recently that just lit me up. Yeah. He said, I, I, I promised you a perfect savior, not a perfect pastor. I think it's how he put it. And if you're somebody who's been so hurt by the church, uh, whether it's in this city, around the world, um, yeah. obviously that happens. And it's easy to just go to that place and just be a critic. And um, I, I just, I love Rashad's authenticity. He's like, man, I, I promise you perfect savior. I just never promise you perfect pastor. And I, I, you and I would say the same thing. Yeah. We're not always going to get it just right. We're human too. And we're doing our best to follow Jesus and discern all this. But um, yeah, you know, have grace for those who are trying to, to serve, you know, humanity and, and, and find a great, healthy place where you can grow. And hopefully, hopefully Mercy Road can be that healthy place for you, a healthy garden where you can discover those, those talents that God put in you that are unique to you and a way to serve your fellow man here. But uh, if it's somewhere else, please do it. You know, don't, don't, 
just keep buying into that old narrative that, well, this person hurt me, so I'm done. I'm done with church, you know? Yep. Uh, I, man, great stuff, man. Great word. Can I, can I thank you, everybody, for joining us online? Ooh. We are out of time. Uh, I want to pray, and then Eric is going to conclude with some Whitney Houston on I the— try it. On the, I might do Ain't No Sunshine. I'm a little better at that one. Ain't No Sunshine? I, I'm working on it. Really? Yeah. This could be interesting. You might folks. want to add that to your prayer that it goes well. Uh, let's pray. Okay, God, uh, thanks for this time together. Thanks for everybody joining online. Thanks for the, those that will watch this later. I mean, we didn't think this many people would be here. So I just pray, Jesus, that you use this in each of our lives, God, that we might share this with others that would lead to greater impact, not from the, the fun Eric and I had, but from your word, from scripture, God, and that we might base our life off of that that we would respond, as Eric said, with each of those things, the earthquakes and sickness, the increase in knowledge and travel, the, the, the signs of Israel, God, the signs of apostasy, everything, God, that we shared, that we would respond in each of those issues, Lord, to, with your grace, your truth, and to address them in the, our culture and to look out for them in our own lives, Lord Jesus, that we become fully devoted followers of you that truly help people become the people they were created to be, and that, God, you would use us uh, to, to reach this state and reach a million people for Christ within our lifetime because we know that the revival is coming. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, for your help and your discernment of how to make wise choices and to, to get along with each other and to uh, treat each other well this side of heaven. And so, God, we surrender all these things to you, Jesus. Be with us now as Eric plays uh, the oh, pocket saxophone for us. Pray this right. in your name. Amen. 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 Here we go, I folks. put it in my pocket first so I can pull it out of my pocket. I've never seen you play it without pulling it out. So yeah, That's uh, an important thing if you're going to Are you going to do it sitting down this time? Or you, nope, I, I you got to stretch. I think I will. You can't um, do that. This, this might be really, really bad, but I'm going to just do it. This is worth it. So wait, wait, what's the song? Most Ain't of No this, Sunshine. By who? Uh, who originally wrote it? I have, I'm not a musician. Oh, don't ask me. You don't even know. Somebody in the comments, please. Mm -hmm. Not sing. Yeah, it's close. It's working. Here we go. <laughs> Ooh. Kind of like that. Ain't no sound. I might mess this part up. <laughs> wow. That was That's awesome. That's, see, Lisa Hoosman, I hope you saw that. Yeah. Song number two. Staff, if you're, if you're there, you got to clap. <laughs> Somebody clap for that. Somebody. Tech, tech booth. I think they've hit okay, it. Okay, they're, cl they're clapping. They're in the, the sound-controlled room. It could have gone way worse. Than okay, the there they go. There they go. That was powerful, Man, Eric. I'll tell you what. I, I, I'm racing right now. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're uh, really glad that this worked out, and I hope you see why I didn't want to do this and try and shove it all into uh, this Sunday's sermon on heaven. sermon on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Don't miss this Sunday. Uh, if you see this during the week, uh, Pastor Mark Johnson is going to be preaching for the first time from Ander our new Anderson lead pastor is going to be preaching here in Carmel this coming Sunday, 9, 10, 15, 11, 30. Ooh, can't wait, man. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day. And Eric, as we close out, it's going to just jam on the pocket sacks. <laughs> And then we're just going to fade. Can we fade out as Eric's playing? This is going to be powerful. Come on, Eric. If I do Pink Panther, just, it's going to be real bad. Okay. And we're going to fade out as he's playing this. <laughs> That's a really hard one. <laughs> oh, uh, Thanks for joining us. That's Eric Maitland, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>